If you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And let's continue to pray for the Gardner family. I believe Miss Betty is some better. She still has double pneumonia. And uh, today or yesterday, they tried to FaceTime Brother Austin so he'd recognize the voice of his son and wake him up. And it didn't work. But uh, at least that's a start. And so I want you to really pray. The next 24 hours is critical. next 48 hours, we'll see a miracle. Amen. Old Tyler is getting married the 20th of June. I know he'd want his pastor there. He might not have his papa there, but he'll, he wants his pastor there. And uh, there's so many things that he wants to do. And when he wakes up, he's going to really be upset that he wasted two weeks of his fast-paced life. Amen. But uh, uh, let's really pray. I tell you what, I never would imagine this happening. This has been an unusual, unusual year, to say the least. 2020 is going to go down in history as the most unusual year of my life. If I had any more a dramatic year, I don't want to even think about it. I don't even want to remember it. Amen. Uh, but it's been it's been a blessing to uh, see the church draw even closer together, and uh, we've lost some. I hope we don't lose any more, but uh, we, we need to continue to grow. And I want you to pray for that young man that got on conviction Sunday morning. I'm glad somebody raised their hand to be saved. And uh, let's uh, go after him. Amen. Let's go visit him. Galatians chapter 5. Uh, we have preached three messages in this series on how to evaluate your life uh, with, in God's perspective. I guess that's the title of it, Brother Cody, how to evaluate uh, your life from God's perspective. And the first week was um, love. And the second week was communion. And the third week was intercession. You, you measure your life by your love. Uh, the Lord measures your life by your love. And then he measures your life by who you spend your time with. You know, you'll be who you are by who you spend your time with. You want to uh, be... Uh, brought down real quick. Just just hang around people that doesn't love the Lord. It'll rub off on you. Hang around people that love the Lord. It'll it'll rub off on you positively. And then intercession. Last week I preached on how to intercede, and God really spoke to my heart. And we need to put ourselves in their place. But tonight I want to preach on the th fourth way to measure your life from God's perspective, and that's by joy. Joy. How many need a good message on joy? Raise your hand because you've lost all of it today. Okay, that's three, three hands, four, okay, five. And, you know, it's not easy. I mean, it's not hard to lose your joy in these times. Just turn on the news. You'll lose your joy real quick when people are going through store windows and stealing. I don't know what in the world that's got to do with a peaceful uh, protest. It don't have a thing to do with it. Amen. And then you hear about uh, policemen getting killed. And these riots, uh, that'll help you, that'll make you want to lose your joy. And uh, it's a sad day we live in. But the Christian, in the midst of all this, should have the joy of the Lord. Now, the joy of the Lord is not an emotional happiness. I'll explain that in just a minute. It's a yielding to the Spirit of God. And uh, I want you to see this in Galatians chapter 5. Would you all mind standing? And uh, in honor of the Word of God, verse 16. Galatians 5, 16. I'll just keep you a little while. It says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust thereof. 
I don't know how that phone over there is dinging because I just muted it. So it's demon possessed, I guess. Amen. I found that out the other day when I was broadcasting live on Facebook and didn't know I was doing it. Thank God one of you ladies called me up and says, you're broadcasting. I said, I don't even know what a broadcast is. I don't even know what live meant. I knew it was live, but I didn't know I was going live with everything I said. And I'm glad uh, that she called so I could cut it off. Amen. But anyway, uh, your sins will find you out. It says, walk in the spirit and ye shall fulfill the lust thereof. You shall not fulfill the lust thereof. For the flesh, the, the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Listen now. Not, uh, uh, not the works of the flesh are... Now the works of the flesh are manifest. That means they come to be. Which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies. Envying, murders. How many wants to live like this? Envying and murders and drunkenness, reviling and such like, and the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, here's my text, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Verse 25, it says, If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to help in this message. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you so much for this time to worship you. And, and Lord, we thank you, dear God, for uh, the good singing. And God, that we can sing melody unto your heart and be in harmony with your spirit. Lord, I pray, dear God, that you would help us, Lord, uh, uh, please worship you while we preach. And God, may you teach us how to have joy. And Lord, in these, this day and age, these dark, dismal days, God, we need this message. And we need you, Lord, to take over in our life. And Lord, we want to be spirit-controlled, spirit-filled Christians that are full of joy and not sadness and not depression, not anxiety, not fear, but joy. So, Lord, help us as we preach a few minutes on the third or the fourth way that we ought to measure our life, that God evaluates our life, and that's by the amount of joy we have in our life. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You know, the second fruit of the Spirit is joy. Uh, the first is love. And so a second only to love your joy is the most evident and most powerful witness of a spirit-filled Christian. Think about that a second. According to the Bible, that the first fruit is love, but the second fruit is joy. And folks, the New Testament Christianity is a life transformed, uh, and, it, and it transforms our life in such a way that we ought to have some joy about it. The Holy Spirit is a rejoicing spirit. Uh, and Jesus is the happiest being in heaven. Think about that. He is so um, joyful. The Lord is joyful. He's not sitting up there, you know, complaining about all of us 
not getting up there sooner or he's not looking down on this earth and seeing all the junk that's happening. He's rejoicing in heaven, the Bible says. He's anointed with the oil of joy. And so there's two priorities of the Holy Spirit I, I can take from this verse 22, and that's love and joy. And all of us need to work on both of them. Uh, the New Testament Christianity should be a life of joy. In heaven, it's a place of holiness, but it's also a place of joy. The Bible says in Luke chapter 15, verse 10, that there's a joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repenteth. I mean, one person gets saved, it brings the joy bells of heaven ringing, and the presence of angels. God uh, wants us to be happy, but more than happy. Happiness is a feeling. It tends to depend on happenings, Warren Wiersbe said. It depends on circumstances. Joy can be permanent. It's a part of our character. It's a ha if you're in the habit of grumbling and griping and complaining, and, you're and you have a tendency to be negative, stop elbowing him. Uh, listen, it tells someone about the level of your spiritual life. You know, a lot of times people that are just plain sad all the time, it is a definite um, indication that they're not yielding to the spirit of joy. I'm not talking about giddy. I'm not talking about uh, humorous. I'm talking about just a deep-seated joy. It's almost synonymous, uh, synonymous with peace and uh, composure and temperance, all these long-suffering. But the next one is peace in this verse. There's love, joy, peace. Um, I want to, um, uh, you to think about your, your life. I want you to evaluate your joy, the measure of your joy in your life. Is it normal for you to smile during the day? Is it normal? Do you, I mean, do you normally smile? It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. And some of us are wearing our face out. Amen. Is it normal for you to say encouraging words to people that you meet, no matter where you're at? And you're not trying to brown nose somebody and manipulate, maneuver, trying to get them to like you or do something for you. Uh, listen, are you mostly on the hopeful side of situations? Are you a pessimist? You know, it's just going to fall apart. Uh, are you known as a singing Christian? That's a sign of joy. A singing Christian. It don't mean you, can, you might not carry a tune in a 10-gallon bucket, but you have a song in your heart. And so, you know, there's an importance of the joy, the, the joy in the Christian life. The spirit-filled Christian knows uh, that we're in a spiritual warfare. And it, but it doesn't rob us of the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation is uh, you know you're going to heaven. You know the battle's going to be over soon. You know that one day all this junk and sin and disgusting things that's happening that just turned my stomach, um, it's going to be over. And we're going to be in heaven. That ought to bring joy to your life. There's a finish line. But also, you ought to know as a spiritual Christian, you have a spiritual warfare, uh, an armor, excuse me, that you're in a warfare, and that the whole atmosphere uh, in your life should be one of faith and hope that brings joy. And so the Christian life is not an emotion. 
but it's an experience of salvation that brings you deeply into a satisfying peace and joy. No one can experience forgiveness, peace, assurance, victory over sin, victory over temptation, have fellowship with the living God, have your prayers answered, abide in Him without experiencing just a little joy. And so there's real joy. One of the ways that we experience joy is through worship. So I want to give you about four things real quick, just real, real quick. Uh, the joy of the Lord is a measure of your, number one, fellowship with God. It's a measure of your fellowship and walk with God. Turn to Jack Palumbo's favorite verse, Psalm 1611. He reminds that to us in our glory class. And in our class, we have to be reminded often uh, that, you know, this is his verse because we forget it. But uh, it, it's a wonderful verse. I wish I'd have thought of it. I'd have got it first. Mine's Acts 20, 24. We'll get to that in a minute. But Acts 16, 11 is a wonderful verse. I mean, Matthew 16, 11. I mean, excuse me, Psalm 16, 11. Told you your mind goes, amen. I ain't going to tell you how old I'm going to be next Wednesday. It says, Thou shalt show me the path of life. Now listen to this. In thy presence is fullness of what? Joy. In thy right hand there are what? Uh, pleasures forevermore. Now listen, the Bible says this. In thy presence is fullness of what? Class, joy. All right, folks, so joy is a measure if you're in his presence or not. I'm not talking about some working up something and fakey smiles and, you know, just laughing about everything and praising God about everything, charismatic. I'm talking about a deep-seated joy. Private communion, joy in time with God. It ought to bring joy that you can commune with God. And then public worship, singing as an evidence of being in harmony with God. Singing as an evidence of being filled with the Spirit of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19. I don't know about you, but I need this. I shouldn't have watched news at 6 o'clock. I watched about 10 minutes of it. We had to change it. I can't even watch the famous 5 at 5 because it's just depressing, you know. But uh, I'm going to tell you something. We can read the Bible and come to church and we get, we get full of joy. Singing ought to ought to be a, a, an act of joy. You ought to sing joyfully. And here's the evidence. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, Ephesians 5, 19, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Folks, the Bible says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, and it says, be not drunk with wine, be ye filled with the Spirit of God. And the first evidence of being filled with the Spirit of God is that you're singing. You sing to the Lord. You have a song in your heart. Uh, let me just say this. There's a lot of religions that chant. You ever going down the streets of Atlanta? I'm not going down there now. But have you ever been down the streets of Atlanta and see some old bald-headed guy? And I'm only, oh, by the grace of God, I'm not one of those bald-headed guys sitting on the sidewalk going, mm -hmm, you know, chanting some far eastern junk. You know, but they chant the names of their gods. Monotone repetition. But Christians sing their religion. Christianity is a singing religion. You ought to learn to sing. You ought to try to sing. I know it's hard through those masks, but you ought to give it a chance in your heart. Spiritual joy naturally expresses itself in singing. There's a song in your heart. That's why you should never, never, never mix the world's music with God's music. It will pollute you. It will depress you. I want to tell you something. Loud, screeching, metallic uh, 
um, uh, rock and roll music will depress you. You might not think it will depress you, but it will depress you. Uh, country music will depress you. I mean, you know, they're sitting there at the bar whining. They lost their horse. They've lost their girlfriend. They lost their sixth wife. And it's a song, you know, well, I'll never make it again. You know, the sun will never rise again. I mean, boy, that is the most depressing stuff I've ever heard of in my life. And people say, I wonder why I'm depressed. You need to fill your heart with godly music. And you need to be a part of worshiping God in song. Uh, folks, we measure our walk with God by our joy. Here it is, Psalm 1611. You ought to memorize it. Thou will show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. Or right, if there's no joy in your life, that means you're not in his presence. That's what that verse saying. And it says, and there is pleasure forevermore. So if you're going around down and out all the time, you're not in his presence. You're in the flesh. You're in this world. You can't help but be in this world, but we don't have to be like the world, and we don't have to go down with the world. We can rise above it. We can walk on the higher ground, and uh, in his presence is enough. It's ultimate joy. Number two, Brother Cody, there, it measures your spiritual power and the fullness of the Spirit. I want you to turn to Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. And this verse threw me for a loop many, many times. Or excuse me, 8, yeah, eight verse 10 it says, Then he said unto them, Nehemiah, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalm. Just go to Psalms and go back. You'll find it. But the Bible says this in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. It says, Then he said unto them, Go your way and um, eat the fat and drink the sweet. We love to eat, don't we? And uh, sing portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you have joy, that means that you are strong. That means you are spiritually close. That means the Spirit of God is coming through your life and flowing through your life and blessing your life. And folks, the spiritual power is the, spiritual, is the power of faith. The power of faith. I want to tell you when I'm most joyful, when I think about my home in heaven, when I think about my daddy being saved, when I think about uh, my children being saved, when I think about my wife being saved and putting up with me for 40-something years, uh, folks, that brings joy to my heart. It's not some kind of hypnotism. It's not some kind of uh, power of mental thinking or positive thinking. It's the power of positive faith, faith. Folks, the joy of the Lord is our strength because when the joy of the Lord is your strength, you're, you're counting him as able. You're counting him as Lord. You're counting him as God. And you're counting him as doing miracles like building this wall uh, for Nehemiah and restoring the rubbles and bringing back the name of Christ and bringing the reproach and throwing it out the back door and bringing up a great monument to God's glory. That is the joy of the Lord is your strength. Folks, spiritual power is the power of faith. And there is, and then where there is faith, there is joy. Where there is faith, there is joy. Some people are fatalistic. They just want to, they just think nothing's going to work out. And they think they're going to catch this virus. Sure as the world, I mean, it's just obvious. They think, it, they think that. But I want to tell you something, folks, you ought to have joy. You ought to have joy. Doubt and discouragement is an evidence of, of being away from the Lord. Doubt and discouragement. 
The devil uses doubt and discouragement as tools against the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. Spiritual power is the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me just say this. You're judged by your joy. Let's look at it. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Somebody told me this one time. You are what makes you cry or what makes you laugh. How about that? If I mean, listen, friend, if, if the only thing that makes you cry is, is old Yeller getting run over by a Mack truck or whatever he did in that, in that movie, uh, then you've you, you got a, 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 a sad uh, uh, perspective of life because that's not even real. That dog really didn't get killed. That dog's still living. Old Yeller's still living. I guarantee you. But, on, but we cry tears for movies. We, we weep when our team loses. Uh, we weep over little things. And, and uh, we, leap, we weep over losing a dollar or losing our keys or losing a day of, of uh, and folks, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, how we're going to be judged and what the Christian life is all about. Look at Romans chapter 14, verse 17, please. Should have already been there, but I want you to look at this. Romans 14, verse 17. The Bible says this, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, it's not what you get and what you have, but righteousness and peace and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. The Christian life, the kingdom of God, how people are going to judge if you're saved or not is through righteousness, peace, and joy. In the Holy Ghost, the joy of the Holy Ghost. Folks, I want to tell you something. If you don't have a relationship that makes you more joyful than that crowd that's, that's uh, looting and burning up places, you ain't got a relationship. If you don't have a relationship that will bring you more joy than they get out of drinking or looting or whatever they're doing, folks, you don't have much of a relationship. In other words, I'm saying this. If the world's happier than you are, something's wrong. Amen. We need to work on our joy. But you don't work on it, you just yield to it. Now folks, where is the source of this joy? Where is the source of this strength? The spiritual power and fullness of the Spirit of God is, is evident by your joy. The second fruit of the Spirit is joy. Have you lost your joy during this pandemic? Have you lost your joy because everybody else is so unhappy that they're hurting people and there's violence in the street, which is so heartbreaking. Look at John 17, verse 13, the real Lord's Prayer. John 17, 13. Real quick, John 17, 13. The Bible says this. He's praying now. He's saying in John 17, verse 13, it says, And now come I to thee, these things I speak in, in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. The Lord's praying, John 17, verse 13, that the world would have his joy. Now, folks, the Lord's prayer will be answered if you receive it. It will not be God's fault if you're not joyful. It'll be your fault because you're not believing there is joy in the midst of sorrow. There's joy in the midst of this crummy world. There's joy over the, the cloud and the smoke and the, and the, uh, the tear gas of, of sin. And so, folks, happiness is measured by circumstances, but abiding joy in spite of circumstance is a proof that your life is strengthened by the Lord. Let me repeat that. Happiness is measured by circumstances, but abiding joy in spite of circumstances 
is the proof of a life strengthened by God. Folks, this joy is very important. Because, folks, when you have joy over sorrow, the world can't figure it out. Christ gives his joy to us. We must receive it by faith. Then number three, only got four now. We're not going to change pages. Um, we see the measure, it measures not only the fullness of the, of the, of the Spirit. Let me, just, no, let me dwell on this before I go to th three. The measure of your fullness of the Spirit is by your joy. And folks, the, to be filled with the Spirit is to be filled with joy. In Acts chapter 1, they thought they were drunk. They were so happy when they were rejoicing and praising God. Um, Hannah was accused of being drunk when she was praying with all her heart. Folks, it is, it is the Spirit that lets you express joy. Matter of fact, friend, listen, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it very kindly to the shy people in this room. It's spiritual to express your joy. It's spiritual to express your joy. Joy shows in words. You use words to show your joy. I'm thankful. I'm grateful. Good evening. I care about you. How are you doing? And you really, really care how they're doing. Um, joy is expressed by words, but it's also expressed by tones of words. My tone can be very bad at times. Very bad. I can be real preachy at home. I can be real loud. And I mean, not yelling and screaming. I got over that about 20 years ago. But I'm just talking about, you know, demanding and, uh, and loud. And, boy, and, you know, and Miss Connie, she can just take so much of it. And then she slaps me and I'm, I'm all right, you know. But I'm just saying, friend, listen, I'm trying to make some of you smile, but I can't tell if you are or not because you're behind that mask, amen, and that's good. I'm, I'm, that's fine. But listen, joy expresses itself in tone. How do you speak to each other? Is it condescending? Is it negative? Is it critical, cynical? Hey, it's, it's easier to find fault with people than it is to find something uh, potential. And by the way, if we prayed for people as much as we criticize them, we'd see revival. I mean, if we really prayed for people that's hurt us, you know, I find in myself getting mad at people that expose my family to the virus. And then I thought, man, what am I getting mad about them for? I ought to pray for them. Amen. It's too late now. Praise God. And you know, I told them so. You can say that. You can be uh, super spiritual if you want to. But I want to tell you something. The great attitude is this. I'm praying for you. And I love you anyway. Joy expresses itself in an attitude. You ever had an attitude? It's willing and joyful deeds that express joy. I'm not talking about just smiling. Anybody can smile. I got a dog that'll smile. He's really smiling now. He died about two days ago. But anyway, uh, I shouldn't said that. My wife, I can't tell if my wife's frowning or, or sighing, but anyway, she loved that dog. But joy shows up in your countenance. Amen. Your countenance. I tell you, well, you've been with the Lord, your face will shine just as much as if you've been out in the sunshine. Moses shined so much, he had to cover his face. It's afraid he was a ghost. And folks, you've been in the presence of God. I'm going to tell you what will get, get you happy in, in the Lord and joyful in the Lord. Just spend some time with him and pray. When your soul is happy, your face testifies again and again. I know when I'm grouchy and grumpy and complaining, I look back and I, sure enough, I didn't have my devotion. 
I didn't sing a song today. I didn't pray enough. But when I'm walking with God, there is a peace that passes understanding, and it comes out as joy, joy. And so, folks, we need to measure our prayer life, fourthly, or thirdly, or whateverly, uh, by joy. Our, our joy measures our prayer life. I want you to look at John 15, 11, real quick. John 15, 11, just next door. It says, these things have I spoken to you that your joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Look at verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Folks, abiding brings joy. Obedience brings joy. Holiness brings joy. The vine, depending upon the branch, brings forth fruit of love, joy, peace. There's fruit. It's not plastic. It's not man-made, manufactured. It's the Spirit of God flowing through your life. And it'll almost come out as a smile. Joy. Greatest of all joys is knowing God, loving God, walking with God, and letting God be who he is through you. Joy. I want you to turn to John 16, verse 24. John 16, verse 24. The Bible says this. Hitherto have we asked nothing in my name. Asked, and you shall receive, that your joy may be filled. That your joy may be full. How about that? How many love to see your prayers be answered? It brings a little joy to your life. Amen. Remember when you prayed for your child to be saved and they got saved? What joy. Remember when you prayed that she'd say yes when you proposed to her? What joy. What a miracle for some of you men. Uh, you know, what joy that is. God led you to a certain place to live and work, and God gave you that answer to prayer, opened that door. God spared your life, and he spared your life this past few months, by the way. What joy. You went through an intersection, and you didn't realize it was red, and you made it through it. What joy that ought to be. And you ought to park the car right there and thank God for sparing your life. And every one of us has been close to death. Say amen right there. Folks, joy measures your walk with God. It measures your power with God. It measures your fellowship with God. But it measures your prayer life. Because folks, to spend time with God brings joy whether he answers or not, what you want. And then last but not least, joy measures your life's testimony. Your life's testimony. What is your life's testimony? Well, my favorite verse, I want you to turn there before we go to uh, these two verses I've got on the board. But I want you to look at Acts 20, 24. This is my life verse. Acts 20, 24. I preached ordination service a couple years back and uh, they wanted me to preach on this verse because it was his life verse. Brother Stephen Underwood saw him yesterday. In Acts 20, 24, it says, But none of these things move me. Now, he's facing death. He's facing imprisonment. How many of you would like to have that forecast in your ministry? Facing death and imprisonment. Look at this. None of these things move me. Count I my life dear unto myself. Need to count my I, my life, dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with what? Joy. Finish your course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel 
of the grace of God. Let me close by saying this, folks. Your heart should be full of joy knowing that you're in the will of God and that God's called you to touch others' lives for the glory of God, to finish your course, and that you're being a good steward of the entrustment of a ministry. Does it bring joy to your life to teach a Sunday school class? Does it bring joy to your life to have that bus ministry? Does it bring joy to your life to be a deacon, a preacher, a song leader? If not, something's wrong. And folks, a heart bubbling over with joy makes your life so attractive. So attractive. It's your life's testimony. Anybody in the will of God has peace and joy, but out of the will of God is confusion and heartache. I want you to turn to the two verses that I have for you. Psalms 125 and verse um, or 126, verse 5 and 6. 126, verse 5 and 6. They that sow in tears shall reap in what? Joy. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I will tell you something. One of the greatest joys in the Christian life is seeing God use you to reach somebody else for Jesus. I mean, it's wonderful. Uh, it is so exciting to know because you ought to be more excited about them getting saved than you because you know what they're getting into. And you know the joy of the Christian life. You know the journey of the Christian life. You know the, the, uh, the, the security of the Christian life. And they just got in. Now to bring a smile to your face. I tell you, I worry about people that go out soul winning. Somebody gets saved and they come back and say, well, we had three. What did you have three? You shoot doves or something, you know? Yeah, we, we got three. We shot three. We got three. And you didn't get three. God saved somebody. Amen? And folks, it's more than a notch on a totem pole or a capture or, or just winning somebody. The Bible says in Acts 4.13, they perceived that they were ignorant, unlearned men, but they marveled that they'd been with the Lord. They took notice of them because they'd been with the Lord. Let me just close by saying this, friend. Those powerful witness in your life is joy. It's one of the most powerful ways to witness. The joy of the Lord is an automatic way to let your light so shine before men. You're shining. It's contagious. Joy is contagious. If you don't believe it, go in a, a room and smile. And then go in the same room and frown and complain. And slop down in your chair, fold your arms like you're mad at the world and see what how many people evacuate from your role? But if a person comes in smiling, happy, complimentary, you just attract people. You're attractive. It's contagious. The Bible says it's a sign of strength. Nehemiah verse, chapter 8, verse 10. It's the breath of heaven airing through your soul, radiating through your soul, because the Spirit of God is shining. The Spirit of God is touching. The Spirit of God is working. And so, folks, listen. One of the greatest ways to have a wonderful testimony is to be full of the joy of the Lord. So let's review real quick. If you have the joy of the Lord, it proves you have a fellowship and a walk with God. If you have the joy of the Lord, it proves you have spiritual power and the fullness of the Spirit of God because the fruit of the Spirit is 
love and joy. If you have the uh, joy in your life, it proves you prayed and you're walking with God and you've been with God and you've talked with God and he's real to you. He's real to you. And then he's answered those prayers and your faith has been increased and you're just happy about it. You're joyful. Then last but not least, it's a powerful witness of Christ's grace, Christ's strength, Christ's peace and Christ's power, even though the circumstances would try to drag you down. So measure your life today. Evaluate. This is a good time to evaluate. Is your life, from God's perspective, one that is full of love? Does it has do you have communion with God? Are you interceding for others? And do you have the joy of the Lord? Remember, joy depends on happenings. But, I mean, uh, happiness depends on happenings. But joy depends on Jesus. Yielding to the Spirit of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this message tonight. I know I need it. I constantly need it. I constantly fight. Uh emotional downs and discouragement. I constantly fight uh, going down with people that their intended purpose is to get me down. And Lord, I constantly fight the devil who's a discourager and devourer and divider and deceiver. But Lord, I want to constantly yield to your spirit and the fruit of the spirit is love and joy. God, may I manifest more of that spirit. God, may we not have to depend on the world to give us joy. But God, may we yield to you. May we give every part of our life, mind, will, and emotions to you and express it to a lost and dismal and sad and discouraging world, the joy of the Lord. Thank you, dear God that, Lord, you're the source of our joy. No other person can give us joy like you can give us. No other thing, no other reward of this world can give us the joy that you can give us. And I pray, dear God, we'll recognize true spiritual joy. God, measure us. Help us to see our life in your perspective. And God, examine our joy. With every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. Of course, the only way to have joy is to have Jesus. If you're not saved, and I say this because you never know who walks into a neighbor's house and the service is on like it happened up in Tunnel Hill Sunday night. A teenager walked in the hall's home and sat down and listened to the whole message that Brother Jason preached. Probably lost, needs to be saved. You never know. So I'm going to give the invitation like this. If you're not saved, you'll never have peace. You'll never have a joy. You'll never have power over yourself in this sinful, corrupt world until you get saved. And if you're not saved, you need to trust the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and turn your entire life over to Him. And now we Christians, how many times are we up and down? How many times do we fight the emotional battle of being grumpy and complaining, negative, dismal, discouraged, depressed even.
Christians can be depressed. And you say, Preacher, I need the message tonight. I want to be full of the joy of the Lord as a manifest testimony of the fullness of the Spirit of God through my life. That God might get the glory and that souls might be under conviction. And that's your prayer tonight. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer? i got to raise mine. Oh, do I need this message tonight. Father, use this message. Give us Holy Ghost joy. God, help us, Lord, to realize your presence. In your presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. God, help us to realize when we're sad, discouraged, depressed, negative, critical, that we're not recognizing your presence. And we're not realizing you're enough. And we're letting somebody bring us down or something that we don't have bring us down or some circumstance or some situation bring us down, dear God. And what we need to do is get back in your presence because there's pleasures forevermore. And there's joy, the fullness of joy that we can't even describe when we yield to your presence. So Lord, help us. It's my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.